Hi, it's Chris Watkin here, and I'm joined by Ben Moore, the one with the beard. Thanks for joining me today, Ben. Thanks for having me, Chris. Today, I want to talk to you about imposter syndrome in estate agency and why so many people suffer from it. Talk to me. Okay, so imposter syndrome, it's... Um... You know, it's a fascinating topic of conversation. And I think the real shame is, is that everyone suffers from it, but we always think it's unique to us. We always think that we're the only ones who suffer from this crippling self-doubt. Um, whereas in reality, I think everyone does to some degree. It's not about whether or not you're going to feel imposter syndrome or you're going to question yourself from time to time. That's just part of your DNA as, as being a human. Everyone goes through it. Again, it comes back to how do you react to it? How do you control it? Do you use it to your advantage or do you let it suffocate you and bring you back into your shell? And I think, you know, we're talking specifically about estate agency, but imposter syndrome can kind of go into every, every level of your life. When's, when's been your worst imposter syndrome moment? So, again, it can penetrate through into any walk of life. The first time I met my partner... Going on a first date. Okay. Like, you know, well, you, you are batting with her, mate. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely punching. It's because I've got good chat. Bat, you're batting above <laughs> your average. wasn't the money she signed up for. You're batting above your average <laughs> on that one, mate. <laughs> um, but no, from everything, from personal relationships to you know your business life, your career, getting on video, anything that you're doing, you're going to feel a degree of you know, imposter syndrome and am I good enough or am I not? And, and one thing that I've tried to really get better at doing in my own psyche, I don't want to go too deep on this, but... I almost adopt this kind of like stoic-like philosophy to how I approach my business and how I approach anything that I'm doing in life where I'm questioning myself. Okay, stoic. Some people might not know what that means. What does that mean? So essentially, get better at understanding the variables you can control and become better at falling in love with the process rather than becoming overly invested and attached to the outcome. So to break that down, let's just say specific for estate agency. You know, if you sell a house, right, you do a great job for your client, everyone's happy, and then it has an awful survey, it collapses, the sale disintegrates in your hand. Your client's devastated, you're not being paid, everyone's a loser in the situation, but there's nothing that you can do in your mortal powers to reverse that survey or fix okay. that house. So you can't under undervalue your whole service and the care that you give the client through that process because it's not completed. All you can control is how you respond to the situation, how you look after your client, the service that you give. And again, just get really good at managing the things that are within your control. Is that why you think estate agents are so bad at accepting when they lose a listing to the competition? Yeah, and, and it's a good question. And maybe that is part of it. They're too attached with that overall outcome of have I got a listing? Yes or no? No, I'm a failure. Because I find it fascinating that you could put 10 houses on the market in a row and that will give you a certain kick. But when you lose number 11, it's like taking your heart out and, you know, killing your first child, you know, your firstborn. It's, it really does screw agents' heads up, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Is it a fear of rejection? or? Well, I think rejection comes into it. But again, it's being overly invested into the outcome. Um, you need to understand, and again, just taking this specific to the valuation example you've just given, you can only do your best. You can, you can research for that appointment. You can turn up on okay. time. You can be presentable. You can strike the best rapport possible with the client. But ultimately... You're going to win some and you're going to lose some. And I think when you get over-invested into the outcome, whether that be a valuation or anything in life, you can't tie your value up into that. Okay, that so how sense. do you get agents to love the process and not the outcome? Well, I think it starts with the agent in terms of, 
you know, it's down to them to make that paradigm shift in terms of recognizing that, you know, my value as a business person, my value as a, an estate agent, as a practitioner, as a salesman, whatever you want to, whatever terminology you want to put on it, um, isn't tied up in the wins and losses that I get day to day. There's a, there's, a, there's, there's a bigger ecosystem of things going on. So I think agents just really need to make a conscious effort in terms of deciding, well, what is it that I can control? What can I influence? And then try and fall in love okay. with the process and the day-to-day. -day and how did you learn that? Because if, you know, if I got 100 estate agents on that sofa, none of them would be talking the way you do. So I learned that slowly, mate, to be honest. Um, but it's come through you know, a, a background of, of, of failing forward and not being scared of, I'm not saying that I like rejection and I like failure, I hate it. Obviously I want to win and succeed and come out on top in every walk of life as much as possible, but effectively becoming comfortable with not getting what you want there and then, but taking lessons and coming again. I think a lot of the time, Chris, just before you shoot off with what you're about to say, I think the mistake we make is that we view failure is final it's like oh i've not got the outcome that i want therefore i failed therefore i've got my tail between my legs but it's like no it's just feedback as to what you need to change tweak and adjust to come back next time and get the outcome that you want do you think we almost impose limitations on ourselves as as agents of how good or bad we are yeah and i think a lot of those limitations come from what's been ingrained into us in a past life other people's opinions um what our competition are doing all these external influences okay. And do you think agents' ego can sometimes get in their way? Yeah, and I think ego, it's... Um, I did a podcast about this a couple of weeks ago. Like, ego is a fascinating thing because we've all got an ego. I've got an ego. You've got an ego. Anyone watching this has got an ego. Yet we perceive ego to be like, well, I've got an ego. What are you talking about? And it's like a bad thing that you've got an ego. It's like, it's not a bad thing. It's just getting better at controlling it and using it to your advantage it, rather than letting it... It's the balance of being confident about yourself, yet at the same time not letting the self-doubt, because it's a balancing act. Because if you, if you go two way, two, two, one way in different direction, one, you'll either screw yourself up and do nothing, or one, you'll be a cocky twat, and everyone, you know, it's that fine balance. No, it really is, it really is. And, and do you get that balance right? Probably not always. We're human, aren't we? No one's perfect. Okay. You don't okay. always get it right. But I'm trying to get better at managing it, and that starts with being mindful and understanding okay. how you work as okay. a person. But who is your almost you know, your, your watermark to show that, you know, you're going in the right direction or, or not as the case may be. Is it your other half? Yeah, so she, uh, I mean, I've got better at blocking out noise. I try not to take the opinions of every single person into consideration. I'll take feedback and lessons from people that I respect the opinion of. My partner's definitely up there at the top of that list. And sometimes, you know, that can keep you grounded, keep you humble, it can keep you on the right track. And there's nothing wrong with steering out a direction as long as you recognise it, you make adjustments and you fix it. The danger is, is when you get your, your ego take over, you're putting on this mask all the time and being a bit of a prick, <laughs> to be honest, Chris. <laughs> because you can tend to believe, when I say you, I mean everyone, can tend to believe their own bullshit, can't they? The hubris that, they, that they're almost bigger than them, that their their persona is bigger than themselves don't get i think the key is you know you, you can't get high on the highs and you can't get low on the lows i think 
the way that I look at it, and this this is what wasn't coined by me. I heard this in a podcast from someone ages and ages and ages ago. But they said if you're believing in your own hype and if you're clinging on to the positives, so let's just say I put a video out and 100 people are like, wow, that's amazing, that's the best tour, you're the man. If I'm getting attached to that and investing into that, that means that when someone goes the other way and says you're the worst estate agent in the world, that's an awful video, you're a tit. That means that because I've, I've, I've accepted this, I've got to accept that, and you're on this roller coaster mm -hmm. then. Whereas I think you need to get a grounding somewhere close to neutral, you know, take on all feedback, but ultimately, again, it goes back to that thing about you can only control what you can control. I can't control your opinion or what you're gonna say on social media behind the screen. Therefore, I'm not gonna let it impact me and derail my day. Thank you for your time today. My pleasure. <laughs>